0: Coming up on Salt City Code, we chat with Gus Cost about his experience winning a hackathon, what he learned through teaching at a tech boot camp, and his recommendations for how to get started in programming. This is part two of our series, Catching Up with Careers in Code.
1: My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code. We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Up For supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code.
0: So I'm really excited about our guest today. We've mentioned him a couple times on the podcast, so I'm thrilled to sit down and finally get to do a full-length interview. Uh, We are here with Gus Kost, teacher from Careers in Code, currently works at Density. Um, Would you like to tell us a little more about yourself?
2: Sure. Um, First of all, thanks for having me. This is a really cool project that you're doing, um, both of you. And uh, Yeah, I'm uh, a programmer and... Uh, I guess recently part-time teacher um, as of last year like I can say that officially um, mm-hmm. sort of and uh, it's part-time, right but it's an actual <laughs> thing I have a tax form and, yeah you know, I wouldn't expensive. say sort of I
1: would say you are yeah
2: definitely. well it's it's cool and um, but you know it's all computer stuff I, that's been most of my career has been programming computers and and um, talking about computers and programming languages and um, I didn't get a, a college degree that's explicitly for that. I took some classes okay. in college doing that. Um, I kind of ended up just getting a college degree that was, like, a- anything. Like, just give me the piece of paper, and I'm, I wanted to like So,
1: like, a, gen, be, a general...
2: Yeah, it's... It,
1: academic, I don't know a, what they call it.
2: It's a Bachelor what? of Science, and it's in... Multidisciplinary Studies, is the, was the official name. They changed the name since mm-hmm. then. I think it, it sounded a little too like, what is that? <laughs> um, and it sort of was, you know, it was just kind of like a lot of different things. And I had to sort of make a a, uh, a thesis that it was like, this is worth a four year degree. And, and it worked. And so I got that. Pretty much immediately, all my jobs since then, and actually during college, some co-ops and stuff, um, mm-hmm. Was, was all just programming computer stuff. Um, I mean, that's there's a lot of work doing that, and um, I find that work interesting. Uh, half of the time, if you're if you're in a good if you're in a good situation, it's like half of the time it's like this is pretty interesting. This is fun. The other half is like this just is tedious. And my hands hurt. You know. So, <laughs> right.
1: So, at what age would you say that you got interested in like tech and knew that that's the route that you wanted to take?
2: Interested, I don't know. I mean, like, I was kind of aware of it for like most of what I can remember. I guess, like, so I didn't really know this, but my dad has a background in, like, has a degree, like a master's degree in computers, but he didn't go into that. We never really, it wasn't like I was growing up programming at home. We okay. had a computer at home, we had computers at home, so that probably played a part. And, uh, I, we had a neighbor growing up who would do like quick basic Q basic I don't know if you are um, have been in the history of stuff that much but Q basic mm-hmm. was like dos you you'd start it up uh, by typing okay. Q basic into dos okay. I think and it was and it was this blue screen and you'd type and if you ever see like um, it's like ten, every line has like a number and mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. goes down in order it's like 10 step 10 and you'd usually say step ten, step twenty, step thirty, mm-hmm. so that then later you could go back and you could say, Well, I get five lines of or nine lines of code in between ten and twenty that I can go back and add later if I make a mistake. Like otherwise you have to change all the numbers lower down in the program. So it was very different than very weird, you know, mm-hmm. um, compared to, to, to what I'm doing today. Very hard to really do anything useful compared to today but it was cool like so so this neighbor would bring over little programs and was like oh here's a program that draws little circles on the screen mm-hmm. they a lot of them were screensavers you know they just drew something yeah in in an infinite loop and that's a screensaver you know and that's a sure. that was a pretty cool thing to see so that was the first time I was aware of like programming is like a thing I was probably like 10 or something and then in high school we did logo a little bit you know there's this um Logo is like, um, it's a graphics, it's another graphical-based kind of thing, but, but you, mm. you basically manipulate a, t- a little turtle with a pen, and the turtle can draw lines and everything. And what? it's very, very, I've yeah. I've
1: never heard of that. Uh, I was going to say, I vaguely remember hearing of it. I don't think I've ever actually seen it, but mm. I have.
2: I mean, I, I think it just depended on the community and the time, um, okay. but there was a time, and, and I guess, where it was sort of like, a, a standard for introductory I don't know if it was ever like a thing used outside of classrooms but it was mm. it's sort of an introductory platform.
0: Hack Upstate is proud to announce the inaugural Hack Rochester event. It takes place April 18th and 19th, 2020 in the first federal plaza building in Rochester, New York. Hackers can form teams, build projects, and win prizes all within 24 hours. For more information Go to hackrock.com, that's H-A-C-K-R-O-C.com, and sign up now.
2: Like recently, I'm like, I've concluded that like, you know, a programming language for learning should not be subject to all the problems. And I mean, I really think there is a, um, and this, we should get into this, but like, Mm -hmm. like learn saying, we're going to learn, you're going to start programming by learning JavaScript. There's a necessity based thing where it's like, you have to Mm -hmm. go get a job with it and everything. But if it wasn't for that, I don't think there would be a strong argument to learn it first at all. It's not a good language to start with because it's, it doesn't okay. it, it doesn't sort of like isolate the things that are important for you to understand first. And you end mm-hmm. up just very confused and overwhelmed with too many things going on at once, basically.
1: So what would you recommend as a first yeah. language to learn, if not JavaScript? Um, then?
2: I usually tell people Python. I knew
1: I was waiting for that. There it is. But, but it's, everybody has mentioned it, I think, so far.
2: So it's not the greatest language. Like, it's frustrating and it has a lot of problems. The thing about Python, the reason for suggesting that is less that you'll have a better time learning with it. Mm -hmm. You know, you probably will have a a decent time, but less because it's good for learning and more because it has a use with almost everything except for everything that JavaScript does with the web pages and and React Native and things like that. Um, Python is used by science you know in the real world it's used by Mm -hmm. all kinds of analysis and the analyst you can get all kinds of jobs that are not like officially programming jobs because a lot Mm -hmm. of times people will say they go so far down and they're like all the theory and all of the constructing programs and stuff that's just i don't want to do that i don't want to like commit to that much of being doing this stuff you know i'd like to talk to people more or or do business strategy more or something and Mm -hmm. it can still then apply in all of those cases so it's kind of like not a It's not purely, I'm not just saying this is the best language to learn on. I'm saying, like, this Mm -hmm. language might help you the most no matter what. I don't know.
1: So it's, I guess you could say that it would be like a good sort of stepping stone in order to get you to other languages to learn, depending on which route you wanted your career to go?
2: Yeah. Now, if... On the other hand, you're like, I'm serious about doing this. I want to do this for my whole life. I want to be extremely good at computers. I want to understand how they work. And I would say learn C. Start with C. That's just Yeah.
0: Okay. Just go straight into C.
2: Yep. You should start with that because that's what the computer is doing.
0: Okay.
2: The flip side is, and MIT does this or did this, I don't know Mm -hmm. if they still do this, but they say, no, don't start with what the computer does. Start with yeah. what the most abstract mathematical okay. um, understanding of what a program is, what what computation mm. is as a theory, sure. start there. And they're very, very, very different. So the MIT will start mm. with, like, LISP or Scheme LISP or something like that, where it's yeah. just, like, wacky math theories. and And mm. C is, like... Manipulating little switches inside the computer—they're very, very different—and I'm not actually sure which one. I, I feel like I would say pick one of those if you're like really gung ho about like you want to do, you know, uh, be the best at computers or whatever. I would mm-hmm. pick one of those, and I'm
0: not
1: sure which one. See now, just the description of that. Me personally, I am tending more towards the C because I'm more interested in flipping switches to see what they can do and like all of that okay. that type of thing. The whole mathematical
0: is not a, my... See, you know, I've been considering like learning Python, or mm-hmm. in, uh, possibly looking into art, so yeah. that's kind of interesting, you know, t- different options in the programming field.
2: Yeah, I mean, and they're both totally valid and there's plenty mm-hmm. more, you know, uh, besides those.
1: We would like to thank Syracuse Coworks as one of our sponsors, the only non-profit co-working space. They offer day passes, monthly memberships that vary in price, and a recording booth for all your recording needs. It's where we record our podcast. Stop in and check out Syracuse Coworks, located at 555 South Clinton Street in Syracuse, and see all that they have to offer.
2: First of all, okay, I have two things. Recommendations. <laughs> okay. If you want to do C, there's a book called Code by Charles Petzold. And it's fantastic. And it will take a year probably to get through.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's worth it if you're interested in that kind of thing. And if you learn that along with C, you'll know all, all about what a computer is, how it works. I mean, you'll basically be able to build a very primitive, you know, 70s computer by the end of the book.
1: Dude, that's, so um, neat. that's cool! Yeah,
2: it's a great really book. Fun. Yeah, and then if you're interested in Python and stuff, like, have you mm-hmm. talked about and data data um, analysis, um, data science? Have you kind of like looked into learning something like PyTorch or something right off the bat? You know, because no,
0: no one's ever talked to me about PyTorch.
2: Okay, so like, it's it's a it's a very popular tool these days. Is is um, it's called many things, and machine learning and mm-hmm deep learning and ai and blah 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 but yeah. like basically um it's it's a very it's a very powerful system of doing linear regression statistical kind of like analysis mm-hmm. in ways that were impossible 20 years ago because the computers mm-hmm. just weren't fast enough that, that the ones you could buy and it means that you know if you actually want to analyze something and and train something to you have you know you can do Uh, bewilderingly complicated and powerful modeling of statistical stuff with like Mm -hmm. easily just by like oh here's a tutorial of how to train a computer to read your handwriting or here's a you know like that's fascinating um and and i you know i don't know if like if you jump right into that like i can't definitely can't Mm -hmm. follow all of the math that goes into that there's a ton of linear algebra there's a ton of like if, if okay. you really wanted to go unpack it, it would take you a long time. You'd have to learn a lot of math, and you could. Okay. But I don't know if you really have to because all of these tools are like, they're they're kind of like being built to be used everywhere. And and That's a fun. lot of people you, who are using them, you don't necessarily have to know how all the math works. It's kind of like using a higher-level programming language mm-hmm. without knowing how all the switches and the, the computer okay. itself gotcha. is working. But it's it's you know it's for a particular purpose, which is like statistical mm-hmm. uh, analysis, linear regression, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I I don't know where R comes into that. I know a lot of okay. people who are like they are pros and they've been doing this a long time and they yeah. they swear by it and it's like you know it's like a very powerful language, mm-hmm. um, but does it do all the newfangled, you know, AI stuff? You know, right. who knows? Yeah,
0: I don't know. I just Whenever I hear people talk about data science, they always mention Python and R, It's like okay. the genetic yeah. languages.
2: Yeah, I, would, um, I think it actually probably does a lot of that, but they don't call it all these buzzwords that are not <laughs> really accurate. They probably just call it like linear regression or something, you know? Sorry. So that's, you know, that's just a guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, also wanted to ask you, since you mentioned learning C, um, do you mean specifically C, or could you learn, like, C++ or C-sharp? Or I mean C. I mean C first. Okay, you mean C just flat-out C. C yeah. for, okay.
2: So it's a little tricky. Like, like just like JavaScript is not really similar to Java <laughs> right. at all. Right, yeah. The only similarities between a lot of the C stuff is mm-hmm. is the surface level kind of, like, syntax, the, the okay. features, the semicolons, and stuff like that. Basically, C is a very simple very simple language it's it's got like four or five types data types numbers Mm. characters they don't even have strings it's just like here's a letter here's a number here's um oh and they have two kinds of numbers i'm pretty sure okay i don't even know if i remember but there's (laughs) there's fixed point numbers and floating point numbers
1: Mm. there's
2: true and false there's characters there's pointers which are like you know this this is a reference to remember we talked about all the reference objects yeah. like mm-hmm. this is you know this is just a memory location to go look up right. something else yeah. Yeah. and so there might be nothing else literally in in c <laughs> wow. um to work with but then you know basically like you can build all kinds of stuff on top of that people have built you know servers on top of that i don't know mm-hmm. if i'd recommend that um <laughs> Sorry but you know the, the the cool thing is that when you say you know i want to store the word hello you basically have to say mm. like give me enough space for five letters um, and then assign the characters hello and there's a little it's a little shortcut you don't have to assign each letter right. in, in one after the other but mm. you're basically telling it like give me five characters worth of memory please <laughs> and then the computer gives you that and then you you put those things in there and there's there's um there's a couple other things there's a stack and there's a heap so when you use a Mm -hmm. pointer you're allocating something in a different place in memory Mm -hmm. but beyond that like there's very little beyond that and then so so you'll find that like first of all it breaks all the time and it just crashes and (laughs) it says segmentation fault or whatever because you tried to access a memory location that you're not allowed to access you know the rest Mm -hmm. of the computer your program is running the rest of the computer's like well you're not allowed to do that crash you know oh, boy. so like a lot of mm-hmm. times you'll get an error and it's just like good luck you access memory um that you can't or whatever but but mm-hmm. you know the only things that can be wrong about it if in a very simple case are like very simple behaviors of you know these these things and how they combine in yeah. not simple ways you know hmm. like it's it's good for learning Maybe if you have a community to talk to or a teacher to talk to, because
0: mm-hmm.
2: I can imagine you'd get really stuck, you know, in some cases the error message is just like, good luck, you know. Um, <laughs> Go so, to Stack Overflow. Right. But, you know, sometimes, like, like it's it's interesting because you think, like, oh, well, I guess there's a there's a comic on the Internet that I don't know if I can, um, I'll, I'll read the comic aloud on the podcast. There's the two Great. frames, and then the top one, it's SpongeBob. They're both SpongeBob, but in the first one, okay. it's SpongeBob like with like nerd glasses and like a tie and like a pocket protector,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: at a chalkboard or something, and it says Java. The errors are like this, you know, um, uh, no reference exception from abstract factory pointer pointer creator factory on line six hundred and fifty, you know, could not whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just like this giant long thing that that you can't understand what it says. Sure. Um, and then the bottom frame, it's also Spongebob, but he's like caveman Spongebob. <laughs> and it says C. This is C. And it says segmentation fault. Core dumped. <laughs> <laughs> the, the end. So, like, they're both, like... The, oh, that's the, good.
0: I like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the,
2: the point is that, like, it can be... it C doesn't really do anything fancy, and that's good and bad, you know?
0: Sure. Okay, so actually, now that you've brought it up, um, I have this like weird side interest in learning Java. Like I have no practical reason to learn Java. I just want to learn it sure. because I can. And because I'm interested in working with Jhipster, which is really so I can build like my front end and react and my back end using Spring Boot. I think it is something like that. Sure. Which I thought was kind of neat. What are your thoughts on Java? Um, Do you have any resources?
2: In Syracuse, if you want to learn something like Java, you probably should learn C sharp for practical job pr- pr- purposes. Sure. I think there are a lot more jobs with C-sharp than Java. So that's my first okay. thought is like, hmm, for jobs here, mm-hmm. you know, Java okay. is less less of a thing that's going to actually help that. If sure. you're still interested in it, that's by no means you shouldn't say like, oh, I'm not going to learn it because, mm-hmm. you know, the only reason to learn something is a job. That's silly. But if you wanted to like get a side benefit, that, and that's the side benefit, you know, I kind of have to, I'm forced to recommend. I'm not like too much of a fanboy of, like, C-sharp or anything. It's a great language. Java's pretty good, I think. Java's a good Mm -hmm. language. Um, And it it was there first, and it's got more of, you know, like, a lot of these tools that are just massive and used, you know, at at scale at, like, giant companies are Java. So if you go Mm -hmm. to work in finance, if you want to work for a giant bank or, like, I mean, a place like LinkedIn or Google or... I don't Mm -hmm. know about Microsoft because they're... (laughs) You know, they're like enemies. They got sued over Java. That was a huge thing in Mm the 90s and a lot of big places, a lot of Mm -hmm. big banks, a lot of, you know, big giant tech companies. They are going to use Java a lot, heavily. And it's a it's an incomprehensibly huge language. It's an enormous ecosystem. It does so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, just understanding how the garbage collector works and how to use. Like, the garbage collector doesn't just work. <laughs> you have to, like, tell it how to work. What? Like, you have to basically tune it and say, I want it to work, oh. to work like this for this purpose because, okay. you know, we need more predictable um, processing times more than we need high throughput on our process, you know, more. Mm. So it's it's enormously complicated. So is C-sharp. Um True. But... Uh, I don't know if I would say, don't learn it. And I don't know if I can say anything about Spring Boot. I've used it through a dependent project that uses okay. Spring Boot. And I hate that dependent project. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is or anything. Sorry. But I've heard a lot of people who use it are like, oh, you're just, you just don't know what you're talking about. Spring Boot's don't probably pretty good. Don't you get that a lot,
1: though, in, in like... Like the tech community, you'll have one person will say, yeah. "Oh, this is absolutely great, and you, know, mm-hmm. you should really use it." And then you come across somebody else, and they're like, "Oh God, why would you ever use that?" That's yeah, not of course. Something, you know, so I think that's a.
2: And they're both prefer- kind of right. I think usually. that's
1: um, right, and I think mm-hmm. so. I think that's kind of like a per- personal preference of you know, well, you should use this, or you should you know, okay. try it out. If it's something that you like, then use it. If it's not, then don't use it. That's, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of how I looked at
2: it. Yeah, and and I think you know the best, you know. I would say go for it i would say just do it because because you're not you know one you know wondering or trying to read like what's the best thing to learn that's not Mm -hmm. helping you at all and learning any of anything is going to help you more than 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 wondering what to learn or trying to pick the perfect thing
1: yeah spoiler alert
2: there is no perfect thing every everything has huge problems with it that Mm -hmm. are going to cause you a lot of frustration but like, you know, the if you just like have like perspective, like, well, you're able to do some really amazing things mm-hmm. that you couldn't without it.
0: Are you ready to get some hands-on tech experience? Hackups date 15 will take place on April 4th and 5th in Syracuse, New York. Come join a team and build a project from scratch in 24 hours. All skill levels are welcome, from hackathon winners to complete beginners. Go to hackupstate.com slash events slash xv for more information and register now.
1: You know, you're you're working on a project and you never truly finish a project. Like it might actually, Mm -hmm. you know, like you may say that it's finished and deployed and whatever, but you're always going to, at some point, be working on that project. So it's never truly like completely finished. I kind of... Thought that was an interesting point that I had never looked at it that way before. Sure. You mm-hmm. know, you go to hackathons or you know even with our our own capstones in in class and everything. It mm-hmm. was you know get it finished, but it's never truly no. finished. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, those anything like that, it never really gets finished. It just kind of gets abandoned. Maybe you know. <laughs> right. It's either abandoned or it's not yet.
1: You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and speaking with of uh, careers in code with with all of that, what was it that led you to be a teacher? Yeah, how did careers,
2: you get in the careers in code? Yeah, um, I think I I heard about it from directly from Doug or Jesse. I'm not sure who, but they just sort of were like, "Hey, we're we're starting a you know project. We're gonna you know get funding and 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 run a, a boot camp locally. And do you want to mm-hmm. be participate? I mean, I, like. I guess before that, I, I knew them from just being in you know knowing people in the community, going mm-hmm. to Hack State, actually participating in Hack State. Like, I think I have participated in it like twice. And I okay. won once. So, oh, nice. that's
0: yeah. cool. That one of the questions we had. Yeah, for you. that was like, one what
2: of was your Hackathon question. experience? Yeah. I'm a former uh, winner of Hack State. What was it that you yeah. that you did that won? Um, so it was a uh, it's a little device that's based on a Raspberry Pi. A little mm-hmm. webcam and a servo uh, and a and a little bell, and it basically uh, looks through the the webcam. You put it on your dashboard of your car. It looks through the mm-hmm. webcam. It sees the traffic light, and when the traffic light turns from red to green, it dings the bell to, to alert you, like, hey, get off your phone, oh, stop fiddling yeah, with that's the really radio, answer, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. know. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and people, but. It's, like, basically substitutes for...
1: The people behind, behind
2: you. Behind you beeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's sort of an automatic thing. Now, mm-hmm. there are, you know, for that to be a real thing, there are, like, enormous... You, you'd have to have such, you know, legal jujitsu to be like...
1: Oh, I'm you sure. You know, this yeah. is not,
2: you know, the ding does not, is not constitute a legal right. sig- traffic signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always use your eyes, you know, mm-hmm. never blah, blah, blah. You get, you'd get probably get sued so fast no matter what. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know if it could be a product, but it's really cool. And I've been meaning to um, make it better uh, for quite a while and have yes. not done anything with it, really. It's just kind of I have the prototype of my house. It kind of works. We, had a, we did a demo you know, driving around the block and then also had a live demo where we just put it in front of a computer screen and put some pictures of traffic lights that's and it worked. Cool. And, oh, that's and cool. It was that's a really cool, cool demo, and I think that's yeah. probably why we won.
0: Sounds like a fun exercise, like even though maybe it wouldn't work as a practical product.
2: It was really, really uh, cool for me, to, uh, uh, especially because it was sort of like just a very rudimentary computer vision task. It was like mm-hmm. circle of a certain color. You know, the hardest right. part of it, yeah. by the way, is what is color? You know, what what when a camera sees a, a, a color, is that, you know, what's the range of hues right. and, and right. brightnesses that... that a traffic light can have. And actually, mm-hmm. it's actually a lot easier than it would be in in to see a stop sign or to see any other of these road signs. Like anybody doing this, it's it's actually way easier to see the traffic light because it's a light. It's it's mm-hmm. emitting that light at a very much more predictable. It's going to show up in your camera as a much more predictable color.
1: I would um, be curious to see how it worked with um, the light by Coleman's. The upside down light. The, because it's upside down.
2: It doesn't mm-hmm. care about where it is. Okay. Oh, okay. It just has so we'll to be. Just account for did, that already. Just Red one goes away around the same time mm-hmm. green one shows up. Okay. And it's good enough. Um, now, obviously, that's the first version. It didn't work perfectly. Mm-hmm. It had some false positives from like taillights, you know. Like, right. i You know, this is like. so. So, where I work at Density, it's like we're doing computer vision that's like way 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 more sophisticated it's like telling you know what's a person that that's a person that's not a person Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um it's quite a lot harder than this um it takes takes years of like teams working on it and collecting data and you know annotating and and um testing and failing a lot you know and and this um worked much easier it was a really cool little bite-sized kind of like sample of like here's what a computer camera vision thing can do. I wanna take I wanna take it farther just to learn to get farther into right. that to yeah, learn absolutely. more about that. Um, but right. that's a very that's a very deep ocean of like what stuff can do. And it's it yeah. sort of overlaps with like
0: a car that drives itself and all this yeah. stuff. That, right, you know,
1: yeah.
0: Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in twenty four weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding bootcamp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Upstate Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org.
1: So when you were teaching, um, what were things that you liked about teaching and what were things that you disliked?
2: I think what I like most about teaching is, I mean, apart from like some kind of altruistic, like, oh, I'm helping people and you get an opportunity. Sure. That's, that's a good feeling. That's great. Yeah. Um, but like what I got out of it myself was, mm-hmm. um, you, you have to sort of like re-examine, do you, I really understand something, you know? And often the, the answer is No. And often you, I found that out in the class where it was like, you know, here's how something works. Somebody asked a question. I'm like, you know, I don't really know how to explain this. So you were kind of learning with us at the same time. Instantaneous feedback. Absolutely. Maybe at a different kind of like
1: level. Place. Yeah. Yeah, Because Mm
2: -hmm. I'm I'm going from you know, the understanding that probably the not the most not the not the majority of class uh, members had by the end of it. Like I already knew. The, you know the thing I was trying and often failing to communicate in a given day sure. but I'm going from like knowing it at a, at a sort of like intuitive un- subconscious semi-conscious level to like an explicit like knowing it at a conscious level you know mm-hmm. and that's really cool uh, process to do and you can only really get that by trying mm-hmm. to write it down trying to teach it trying to you know explain it to someone else and then failing and, and figuring out why you know right
1: sure. yeah
0: well, that's kind of like software development though yeah, I mean, yeah, that's really how yeah. you learn: is you try things and then you fail and then you fail better, right? I mean,
2: yeah, I you know that's something that a lot of people who employ developers or management doesn't often want to hear that, you know. Sure. But well, it's very, it doesn't it's sound very true like on the
0: surface. But
2: well, it's not like people expect it to be a science. I think you know yeah. some people are like, well, everybody's you know oh, go goes to college, you know, people go get special degrees in this, and there's all this. You know scrum ninja certification mm-hmm. and microsoft certification and mm-hmm. like after all of that you know ceremony and everything like you're still telling me that you know it's going to take twice as long as you said it would take last month mm-hmm. because you messed something up like why are you doing yeah, that yeah
1: I, I think they all looked at it like it's just cut and dry like yeah you know, it's like okay you know so you went out and, like, you bought a new table or something, but you have to put the legs to it on. Okay, well, you know that you're going to put the bolt and the washer and the nut on there, and the legs are on the table. But it's mm-hmm. not, software development isn't that cut and dry. There's no way. That's right. just well, not, it's just it's not. Any, in sense.
2: any given situation, you're usually doing, the, the all the factors that go into it are usually you know, in aggregate, and I know people, there are people who are going to disagree with me and say, oh, sure. I've seen everything, I've got experience, blah, blah, blah. But the factors that go into something, the the things that are important about it, you know, how long does it have to work for? You know, because often you're balancing mm-hmm. like, okay, we are just going to gamble on something, we need something to work for the next six months, and if it's something we need to continue, we'll figure it out then. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's a very common thing, like, and and not sure. being able to say, that yes, okay, I can support this gamble you want to do is an important part of my trade. And that's a factor. Add that in. That's one of the factors is like, it only has to work for six months. The users are this kind of person who will who, who understand this if it's broken. They'll understand how to get around it, but they won't understand something else if they get around it, you know. And and you can add up many, many factors like that. They're not just like you know how much how many requests does it have to handle per minute or whatever the baseline stuff Mm -hmm. you add you combine all that together and it's the the truth is that most projects are like completely uh, unseen in the world before they're complicated enough Mm -hmm. and they're unique enough where they've never been seen before in the world so there cannot be a science to say here's how you deliver exactly according to all you know the best Mm -hmm. way to satisfy all of these these things that are factors, um, there is not. There's no information on doing that. So what happens is, you know, everybody just pretends like they know, and you know, it. And it's it's not a science. Like it, mm-hmm. in some cases, there are some projects where yes, there is a, There is like it's basically to the level of a science. It's been figured out. But that's not most of my experience. Um, and I don't think I don't think that's most of everybody's experience in in software. I think that's a very small niche
0: of it you know so i have another question for you sure so if i'm like wow i want to build a sweet 1970s computer that's something i think i could learn how to do so i'm going to learn c and i'm going to read this code book um do you have any suggestions on how to learn c or like where to start learning c that isn't just like going to google and typing and how do i learn c um
2: there's a book that zed shaw wrote that i kind oh, of I,
0: love zed shaw. I
2: i kind of liked um this book and i went through part of it i I don't know if i went through the c one but it's called learn C the hard way okay and you know the thing i like about it is like up front very much up front Mm -hmm. the introduction is like you know programming is about you know i i forget what it is but it's like persistent you know one of them is like tenacity persistence you have to be very aggressively tenacious about it it's very Mm -hmm. it's going to kick your ass over and over and you have to just keep getting up But the other thing that it was an important thing that I don't know if it was the introduction to this book, but it's like an attention to detail is like one of the most important skills that you're going to be developing. You're not going to be just like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm accumulating this magical programming wisdom. Right. That's like some arcane, you know, set of text that I've memorized and now I'm a programmer. That's not how it works at all. What you're Mm -hmm. building is very, very simple skills. And those skills are like, yeah, the, the kind of like the training to be like, okay, I'm going to get up again and try this again. You know, I'm going to go to bed and then try it in the morning again. Because, mm-hmm. you know, here's one paragraph, here's another paragraph. Oh, there are three different letters here and one missing punctuation here. Being able to just look at something and see that, mm-hmm. um, that is is, is uh, so true about about everything. And I think just seeing that in the introduction made me be like, okay, this is probably a good book. Yeah, based mm-hmm. on that, I'd recommend that.
0: I have um, a copy of Learn Python the Hard Way, so okay. I didn't did, did realize you, he'd written one about C. Did you go
2: through that at all? Um,
0: um, I've started it. I okay. haven't made it
2: all the way through the book, but... What's your feel? I mean, in general, how do you feel about it?
0: Um, I recommend Learn Python the Hard Way. Okay. Um, at a women in coding meetup recently, someone asked me about Python, and Zed Shaw's book was the one I recommended. Um, I agree with you about the introduction. I think he's probably pretty consistent about that, you know, that sense of, like, perseverance and He tries to get you into the habit of coding every day, like sense of repetition, because that's how you learn.
1: If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorn.com, Instagram Karen Thorne, Twitter K Thorne, and email contact at kethorn.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development LLC as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are JSWebDev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's JSWebDevelopment.com. And you can always email me at JSWebDevelopment at gmail.com.
0: You can keep up with Kelly on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly2Earth and visit my personal website at kel.dev. Together, we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at... Salt City Code on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com.
1: And remember always, always keep, keep it salty. It salty.